Stupid fucked up, wicked high Don't you ever just wonder why We didn't learn the true history But now they're about to teach you and me I know that you have to keep your windows open, but we're going to have such... <laughs> I know, you can hear it. It'll be nice because we can just pretend that this is a patio edition, you know, where you get the chirping crickets. Right, we're just outdoors, yes. Well, who are you? Oh, I'm Abby, and you are... I'm Liz. Yeah, and this is... Oh, I'll say it. This is Untold High Story, which... We have to pick one. Yeah, we say it so differently every time, and now that we're 22 episodes deep, it's official right. high story. Because that's how it's spelled. You're trying to be punny. I don't want people to think, oh, untold history. I'm going to look you up and then they spell it history. Yeah. So we talk about women-centered history. We get really stoned. That's the whole premise of this little show. If you don't know it by now. I mean, I hope people would because the tangents, I hope people aren't listening just going, wow, these girls just... (laughs) ADHD to the max. No, we're very stoned. That is why. And a question in terms of like parameters. So we've never really discussed, but does the person have to be dead? No, I don't think so. Or have we done people who were alive? We have never done someone alive, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. Okay, so that's what I was gonna. I was gonna do Megan the Stallion. Wait, you were gonna do her? Yeah, because I was like, she's making like rap history. It's true, she is. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, but then I kind of got to thinking. Well, she hasn't made it yet, yeah. and she's younger than us. I think that's a good call that you didn't do her, because when you said people that were not dead yet, I was thinking people under the lines that were in their 70s, 80s, 90s made history in the 50s, 60s. You know, that would be chill. Maybe not someone who's younger than us, because it makes me feel like I'm unaccomplished, <laughs> honestly. When I found that out today, I was... I've done nothing with my life. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I was talking to this guy at work who was telling me about this sci-fi book he was reading, and the argument of the book was talking about... Let me back up. Have you watched the Social Circle documentary on Netflix? Part of it. Talks all about, like, how our social medias are collecting all of our information and recording our information right this dude's argument in this book, he was saying that the reason whoever, NRA, NSA, whatever the fuck is doing that is because they're leading towards a world where humans are not necessary. So they think that if they collect enough human interactions like that, like especially dialogue, phone conversations, text messages, they can teach artificial intelligence how to act human, quote unquote. But I'm sorry, who is going to control the artificial intelligence? That was my question. I don't get it. Why would that be the goal? No. You know what the goal is? To get rid of the lower fucking class. Right. That has to be what it is. It has to be something where, in their mind, if they can get rid of all the people that suck, but then they're thinking, oh, we still need people to do the shit jobs. We will just create the robots. Jesus Christ. I hate America. I actually do. We have no culture. We have no culture. I want everyone to know that's listening. I am not for America in any form or sense of the way. We suck. I'm anti-patriot. I am. I 100% am. Sorry, Mom. The NSA, NHS, whoever listens in. The NHS. The National Honor Society. Hey, those people probably turn in to Homeland Security. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not only in America, but, like, it's kind of a scary thought. 
I don't like it. Okay, well, should we tell our stories about our ladies now? Because it's going to be like two minutes for the listeners, right. but for us, it's been 35, That's so true. we should probably. You go first. So I'm going to hit the bong one more time real quick, and then I'll tell you about my amazing, amazing lady who I love so very much. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you about Carrie Fulton Phillips, who is the only woman to successfully blackmail a U.S. president. <gasps> oh, who was the president? Warren G. Harding. Okay, so what year is that? 1920. He dies in 1923. Spoiler. He dies in office. He's one of the presidents that doesn't make it to term. So we're talking about his lover of 15 years. I got my sources from Wikipedia, New York Times, and then this lock.gov. And I got two different things from them, just a normal timeline of Carrie's life, and then more details about some other shit, which I don't want to spoil it. So, okay. Born September 22nd, 1873 to Matthew and Kate Fulton. She was the oldest of six. So she was the only girl, and then she had five younger brothers and grew up in... Bucyrus? Is that how you would pronounce it? Anyone from Ohio? Bucyrus? Oh, Bucyrus, maybe? It's not really important, but it just touched on this on Wikipedia that her grandparents, they were like successful businessmen and engineers, so they were already pretty wealthy. So she was very well off to begin with and was super educated and had a lot of money and was in kind of the social elites of Ohio. We don't know anything about her young adult life, so we're fast forwarding to when she's 23. She meets James Phillips in 1896. And then marries him. I'm assuming it's the same year because you really didn't date back then. Then they moved to Marion, where James, he owned a dry goods establishment in town. It was the biggest dry goods establishment in the area. So he was super well off and she came from a super wealthy family. And they got married and then moved to this town where the Hardings lived, Warren and Florence Harding. They also lived in Marion while he was the lieutenant governor at the time of Ohio. Gotcha. So they had an affair when he was a governor, when he was a U.S. senator, and then through the majority of his presidential term. Oh my god. Yeah. freaking ridiculous. They're living there. James and Carrie have a daughter, Isabel, in 1897, and then a son, James Jr., sometime between 1901 and 1904. It doesn't really say. But he died when he was two or three years old. So then it just left Isabel all by herself. They meet the Hardings. They end up going out to some social thing and meet... Warren and Florence Harding and become friends. So Carrie and Florence become best friends. And then James and Warren become best friends. Shut the fuck. Yes, this is the scandal of the century. But not really. It doesn't start as a scandal. It starts as a fucking friendship. Yes, it starts as a friendship. They were all fucking chill and talked about it. It probably could have been a dope poly relationship. Okay, I actually say that. In my notes, I wrote, I feel like this was so close to being a swinger situation. But it would just never, the communication wasn't there. It just wasn't there. The communication, and it just didn't happen. Like, right, even if people desired it, that urge was, like, not chill. Yeah, it did not happen. So Carrie's son died. She became really close to Florence. They became best friends. And then she immediately started having an affair with her husband, with Warren. Wait, so her husband died, that's what triggered the... No, her son died. And that's what triggered the friendship to become really strong. And then 
she immediately started sleeping with Warren. The four of them, because no one knew, so they were keeping it hidden while still being best friends and like going to all these forays together. They would travel Europe, they would go to Italy, Spain, Switzerland, France, Germany, all while still having the affair. So they would all four be in another country and they would sneak off and hook up together and do the whole leg thing under the table. This could be a movie. It's so insane. It probably is. It has to be. Do you think maybe the other two were fucking at the same time so they didn't like... That's what I thought, but there is no hinting to it. It doesn't even really bring James or Florence up that much, except for this next part for when she finds out. But then you really don't hear anything else about her or James. And James dies young. He doesn't live that long. But so in 1911, they went to Bermuda for two weeks just, you know, to vacation and shit. I feel like all the presidents do is just, like, go on vacation. Trump, all he did was play ball. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. Is that what it takes to run a fucking goddamn country? Yeah. You have to play a lot of fucking golf. So they get back. I have a feeling Florence caught them doing something because she found out about the affair and she was pissed. A couple months later, she confronted Warren and was like, I know you're fucking having this affair. You need to cut it out. We're mending our marriage. Get the fuck over yourself. Like, I'm forgiving you and I want to stay with you, but yeah. quit it. I know what's happening. You're not fooling anybody. They force Carrie and James and their daughter Isabel to move to Germany. They literally, like, say, you need to leave and go move somewhere else so you and Warren can't fuck anymore. You know? done uh-uh and they just do it so they just move oh my gosh her and the husband yeah her and the husband her and the husband and the daughter all move to germany and does it, so i'm sorry wait does carrie's husband know about the affair as well or just Warren's i don't wife? know it doesn't say i think it might just be warren's wife i don't think james is i feel like maybe he knew and he just was like whatever this is a president of the united states <laughs> yeah this sounds like an episode of days of our lives I know. It's fucking insane. Even though she was fucking in Germany, she went back to the United States on three separate occasions. And at that time, you sailed. You didn't fucking fly there in a night. It was like a five, seven day fucking trip on the ocean. And she did that three times to go visit him on business. Yeah. And James decided a few years later to move back. But Carrie stayed in Germany with their daughter. So James moved back to Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after two or three years or whatever in Germany, James moves back to Ohio. Were they divorced? No. Still married. Both sets of them were married throughout this entire thing. Hey, HBO, I would watch this show. Yes. It would be a fucking great-ass show. But she fell in love with the German culture, and I have to say this because it's a big part of the whole blackmailing scheme. She was super pro-Germany and pro all of their governmental ideals. She was a little bit of a nutso. I'll give her that. She was supporting the Nazi regime before it became to that extent, you know, because this was pre-World War II. This was in, like, 1917. This is when the Nazis' ideas did not include slaughtering Jews, by the way. It was like the initial, which, and they did make it sound appealing, right? That's how they got all those people involved and dedicated is because they preached peace. They preached community. They preached. Yeah. Wow. They just left out the murdering of millions of innocent women, children, and men. Right. 
What did she look like? I'm curious. Was she blonde hair, blue eyes? Yeah, she was described as a very beautiful woman, and I think she is. In 1914, she decides to return because that is when things start to get really rocky. That's World War One. The U.S. is very anti-Germany right now because they're fighting against each other. Warren's a United States senator living in New York, and Carrie gets back to the United States and goes, oh, I think Isabel needs to go to this beautiful, amazing boarding school in New York, which is where the Hardings are living. So then I have a reason to go visit her a bunch of times and go to New York to visit my daughter who's at boarding school while my husband stays in our town, Marion, Ohio, aka to go there to fuck Warren. Using my daughter as a pawn. Yes. Now it's the 20s and Warren accepts the nomination for the Republican Party to run for president. Carrie comes to him, threatens to expose the entire affair. She tells the Republican Party that she has over 1,000 pages of love letters over the 15 years that Warren has written her on U.S. Senate stationery. Oh my god. On fucking paper that says, yep, U.S. Senator's office, blah, blah, you know, notarized, has the background, the pretty whatever. He wrote her fucking love letters on that like a straight up dumbass and told her to burn them and she went, yes, Warren, I burned them. Yeah, bitch, I deleted your news. She didn't fucking burn them. No, you didn't. She kept every single one. And she was telling them that she was going to go to the newspapers. She was going to tell everyone about it. The Republican Party obviously freaked the fuck out because she was very known among the public as someone who was pro-Germany when everyone's supposed to be anti-Germany. Oh, boy. So they believed that... If she came out and said that they were having an affair for blah, 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 such long years, everyone would think that Warren was pro-Germany and then he wouldn't get the vote and he would lose. He was in bed with the Nazis. Yeah. So they are very quick to just say, what the fuck do you want to shut you up? What does she want? Oh my God. It's so ridiculous. She gets... A payout between twenty and $25,000, which in today's money is anywhere from $270,000 to $330,000. So over a quarter of a million dollars to shut her up, paid for by the Republican National Committee. Wow. And did she even have the pages? Oh, she does. Yeah, just wait. Oh, okay, okay. But they also gave her an extended world cruise... Around Asia, where she went to Japan and China and Hong Kong and Hawaii, sailed all over the fucking globe, paid for by the Republican Party. This episode is paid for by the Republican Party. So, but no, seriously, collusion, corruption, bullshit. Yeah. Wow. So on top of all that, Warren, out of his own fucking bank account, paid her $5,000 a year. For as long as he was in public office, any type of public office. She knew how to fucking dine him and wine him. It was some good shit. I think it's wine and dine him. Wine and dine? 69. I was close. Okay, but here's my question. Do they keep fucking? Yeah. I knew it! So there are only rumors that it ended when he was elected into office, but there is some discrepancies in the love letters written and the timing and the date stamps on them. So they're thinking that the affair lasted all the way up until his death in office in 1923, because there was written record of them meeting privately. Because she loved that dick. He must have had a good old dick. I don't know. No, I honestly think she must have had a 
good fucking vagina because she blackmailed him and he still, still wanted to fuck yeah, her. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. It, it has really nothing to do with the dick. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Pussy whip. Not thick whip. Pussy whip. For sure. He died in 1923 and she died in 1960. And this is when her daughter Isabel found all the letters. 50 years later. So she kept all the letters for 50 years. Yeah. For 50 years, she kept all the letters and Isabel found them, realized what the fuck she had in her hands. The nephews of Warren found out about it and started this whole fucking legal battle because they wanted to seal the letters because they were so concerned about tarnishing the Harding name and blah, blah, fucking blah. How about we tell the truth in history for once? And shocker, the court agreed and said, yep, let's seal them for 50 years. And then after 50 years, they can be open to the public. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know they could do that. Just yeah. seal them for a certain amount of time. So they that- sealed them for 50 years. So on July 29th, 2014, the letters were open to the public. So you can view them online. You can go and view them at the Library of Congress. And all 1,000 pages, it's 1,006 pages of love letters. Are they hot? Are they, like, steamy? There's some hot, steamy ones. Do you have an excerpt? You want to read an excerpt? I can read one. Yeah. I want you to read a little excerpt. There was some funny shit. He wrote her this poem that says, I love your poise of perfect thighs when they hold me in paradise. I love the rose your garden grows. Love seashell pink that over it glows. I love to suck your breath away. I love to cling there long to stay. I love you, Garvin, but naked more. Love your beauty to thus adore. I literally, like, my nipples are hard. Like, that was fucking hot. That is from our president. One of our fucking presidents was writing sexy poems. But also, where is my fucking Warren Harding that's gonna write me sexy poems? Like, Liv, they are amazing. And he writes, they later on, as they develop their relationship, they start to write really philosophical letters to each other, talking about war policies. And it's so cool. Even though it's an affair and it's not okay, they had a beautiful and like super hot relationship. I'm sorry, I'm going to open up a tab and like open up these poems so I don't forget because I want to read more of them. Yeah. So, but keep going. It's real steamy. 50 years after, they released them and now you can read them all wow. and her legacy lives on now in Warren's Love Letters. That is amazing. When did she die? In 1960. Long ago, but not that long. Yeah. So that's my girl. Wow. Never heard of her. I hate to say it. I found her on TikTok. Shut up. Yeah. There's this TikTok trend where you come onto the screen and it flashes saying, tell me you're related to a celebrity without telling me you're related to a celebrity. And the girl jumps on and explains about Carrie, saying that Carrie was her great grandmother and how the whole family is embarrassed about it. She was an embarrassment and did all this shit, and they don't want to talk about it. So she came out to the public, and I heard that and thought it was so fucking amazing. So I had to share. Wow. Now I'm excited for your girl. Look, now just my one nipple is hurt. Calming down from those steamy Warren Harding letters. Calming down, that was hot. Yeah. 
Okay, fun. I want to hear all about your girl. Okay, well, here is all about my woman. So have you ever heard of Gentleman Jack? No, definitely not. I know that sounds misleading. But it's a woman. Her name is Anne Lister. Anne Lister is also known as Gentleman Jack, which is super rude and derogatory, but we'll get into that. So she's an English diarist, which I had to look up because I didn't know that a person could just be a person who writes diaries, which is what she Wait. did and what she's known for. What? She journaled a bunch. And then did what with it? Well, so she later published it. She ended up writing closer towards the end in terms of her legacy, like five Wait. million words. You can become famous just from writing a diary? Well, I don't know if necessarily now it would work as well. Basically, what I gathered from reading about her was that people were able to verify different parts of history based on her writings because she was writing every day all the time. And once like things that were in question about history were proven to be true because she attested to them via her just daily journaling, they were able to piece together that like what they had recorded in history was either valid or invalid. That's cool. So I don't think it's a thing anymore. I would say our diarists have become... Like bloggers? Yeah. Bloggers, Instagram influencers, shit that people can look back on years from now and know exactly how culture is in America during the 2020s. That's what I can equate it Interesting. to. Interesting. Okay. She's famous, though, for her revelations that led to her being coined as the first modern lesbian. What? So we are recording this episode in June. It is Pride Month, and I figured I Wait, would- Wait, what year is this happening? So she was born in 1971. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm fucking dyslexic. She was born in 1791. That is so different than 1971. I switched the numbers around. So she was born in 1791 on April 3rd, which means she's a motherfucking Aries. Big fire energy. Yay. She was born okay. in Halifax, West Yorkshire, England. So the family that she was born into lived in the state there that was named Gelfler House. Her father served in the American Revolution, obviously on the British side. I put this in here because I found it kind of odd. Anne and her younger sister were the only ones to survive past age 20. So her four brothers died. Were they fighting in the war? I would assume so. Maybe. Okay, yeah. I was like, I thought it was some, like, weird feminist power energy. No, Liv, it's four guys in the 1700s. Of course they fought in the war. That's true. They got killed. So she went away to school at age 13, and this is where she meets this woman, well, at the time a child named Eliza Reigns. The two fell in love, quote-unquote. Wait, they're both 13? Mm-hmm. <gasps> However, Eliza allegedly became obsessive, okay? So Anne leaves school, and she only comes back after Eliza leaves because she doesn't feel comfortable. Eliza confessed that she had expected to be with Anne well into adulthood, live together, have this life together, finish school together. But Anne began having affairs with several different women at school instead of Eliza. Because she's a young girl trying to figure out her sexuality. It can't be held down at 13. But Eliza lost it. I mean, she's also a teenager at this point, but she is heartbroken. She's a teenager. She has all these hormones. So she snaps, and she probably has other mental health issues, right? What? What do you mean she snaps? Well, so much so that she landed herself a spot in an asylum. <gasps> and here, she's treated... Well, think of the time. They sent 
literally oh, yeah. anyone, right? Whether you were sick with fucking polio, whether you were heartbroken, whether you were a lesbian, that whether you were, the, you know, it, all these ailments are not ailments, yeah. but you were sent away if you had any sort of issues. She endured such trauma. Uh, she was transferred actually to several different facilities during this treatment, and she ended up dying not that far. After. Terrible. Which just goes wow. to show you, obviously, the care in those hospitals is not great. And as she finished up school, she's either living at her parents' estate or her aunt and uncle's house. She grew to invest in mining and railroads. She also has income received through agricultural turnovers, so different properties that her father had owned that had any sort of agriculture production on them. She was getting income from that. And she also owned various properties in town, what? which is uncommon for women. I'm at sorry, the time. how old is she? 18? Right, she's what in her early fuck? 20s. Yeah, she's never really worked a day in her life. How is she doing this? Well, you have to understand a lot of this is like inherited wealth. Oh. Her parents passed it down to her. Her aunt and uncle left her the property. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. she's chilling. All this money she's making, she invests either into the library at Shebden Hall, which is her aunt and uncle's home. They have a huge library attached to it. They actually end up constructing this, like, tower off of the home for her library because she's in love with literature. She loves to read. Her and her aunt bond over books, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like her aunt and uncle are much more liberal yeah. and much more accepting. And they were just like, yeah, you love who you want to love, girl. Right. Do you think her parents knew? Or did she not come out to them? Oh, no, they knew. And it was weird. Okay. She either invested her money there, and then she ended up investing the rest of her money into travel abroad in Europe. Wow. And was masculine in appearance, okay? She had broader shoulders. She had really thick eyebrows. I'll post all the pics on Instagram. Some are way more unflattering than others. I think that a few painters actually ended up painting her just based on what they had heard about her and not what she oh. actually looked like. No, I want the accurate pictures because she was probably so freaking gorgeous. Well, so she only wore all black all the time. I'm and because she conducted man-like what? business. Is black a man color? I don't know if it was necessarily that or just like the cut of yeah. the stuff that she was wearing. But she also did things such as owning coal mines. She was very not your stereotypical woman. Right. So the townies ended up calling her Gentleman Jack, which was not a positive nickname. I was going to say, was she okay with that? No, obviously. Or... It was meant to be offensive. Oh. However, it did get her even more attention from the ladies. So it was during this time she even attracted women who were married to men oh. in the community. Which was kind of hot. Because they were all closeted. Exactly. I don't know. I feel like it's all a sliding scale. Everybody's queer. Move on. Yes! Everyone is at least some sort of bi. Or pansexual. Or yes, whatever. Or Yes, something. Something. So she greatly enjoyed travel, which I've touched on. Although her biographer, I found this interesting, so I put this in here. Her biographer, who's, uh, her name is Angela Steedell, suggests her trips in later life were also a way to to, quote, evade the self-realization that she had failed at everything she set her hand to. Ouch. Burn, right? I thought that was rude. You don't say those things. You lift yourself up. She made her first trip to continental Europe in 1819, and that was with her aunt. Cute. So eventually she found her partner, Anne Walker. The two married, which they actually just shared communion. There was no official ceremony. Yeah. And it was at this place called the Holy Trinity Church in Goodrumgate, York. 
and this is allegedly the Brits claim that this is like the birth site of lesbian marriage. What? So a lot of pride stuff happens here, a lot of praise for this place. Really? Yeah. So she's 28 years old. She's going out through Europe. She demonstrates both her strong adventurous side and her insane physical fitness. Like I mentioned, she has broad shoulders, very defined muscles. So she ascends Monte Perdido, which is 11,000 feet. Okay, and it's the third highest peak in the Pyrenees. So she goes all the way up and comes all the way down. She does that on her first trip to Europe, which is like insane. And people like don't even know this about her. Like she's known for her diaries and for her like movement as this first lesbian. But that's way cooler because people train for that shit. Dude. So she returns to Shipton Hall after that first trip. It's 1831. To answer your question from like five minutes ago, she found life with her father, Jeremy, and her sister, Marion. They were the only two who survived. Uh-huh. So uncomfortable that she almost immediately left again for Europe. They were not chill with her lesbianism, and she was like, I'm out of here. Okay, fuck it. I'll just go back to Europe. They don't give a shit there. Love is love. Exactly. So this time she returns with Ann Walker as, like, you know, their honeymoon after they had their wedding, not wedding situation. Yeah. This time she ascended the tallest peak in the Pyrenees. I didn't write down what it was called because it was very hard to pronounce, I think. But But all in all, she's a badass. This is in the early 1800s that they're doing. They don't have Ariat, okay? They don't have dehydrated food. They don't have camping. But also, let's talk about do you know what they were probably wearing? So there's a documentary type movie on Netflix and it's set when these people in the 1920s or even earlier are digging out these ancient ruins and they're fucking wearing tweed jackets like trousers trousers fucking trousers to kneel in the mud and brush off clay from an archaeological dig so imagine this guy in the 1800s trying to hike up a fucking mountain or this woman maybe her pronouns would have been she that i don't know She's definitely more masculine, but who knows? But we don't know. We don't want to pursue. Right. But anyway, you know, she probably climbed a mountain in a three-piece suit. Because what she was wearing was, like, the all-the-way button-up blanket. Yeah, I'll send you the pictures. It's... She 110% was hiking mountains in that shit. So because odd. you didn't have active wear. You didn't have leggings. So when she wasn't hiking, her and Anne would, like, travel, obviously, all through Europe. Sometimes they would need a fucking military escort. What? Because the two women were such a great source of curiosity to people. I'm sorry, what the fuck? The fact that these people in this town were like, a lesbian couple is coming to town. We have to go see. We better go see. That sounds... Just so splendid. Dude. And so she actually noted in her diary this direct quote The people coming in to look at us as if we were some strange animals, such as they had not seen the like before. What the fuck? That just sucks for them that, like, they couldn't just fucking live their life and be in love and travel the fucking world and have a great time. People always wanted to get in their business. This circles back to what we talked about in the beginning, which is, like, more so for the legacy. Yeah. Just writing. Writing, writing, writing. Five million words. Ended up being 26 volumes in total. Wow. So then throughout this entire time that she's traveling, throughout her entire young adult life and probably into middle age. Wow. Just writing. Well, yeah. So she actually died at the age of 49. What? Sad. Why? She got sick in Europe. She got a fever. And Can you she imagine died. just a fever fucking killing you? Fevers don't kill you nowadays. Right? I mean, you do have scarlet fever, but... That's true. 
But it's crazy. Her and Eliza Rains, who's the chick who died in the, you know what I mean, in the asylum. Yeah. They developed this, like, secret shorthand. Okay. It's a combination of, like, traditional Greek letters and zodiac symbols and shit that this woman, I don't remember her name, it's on the Wikipedia page because a bunch of the resources on there are from her book about her, but she spent like 15 years of her career deciphering this fucking secret code between the two and in it so this ties into your story it's all of this like really sexual fucking lesbianic hot ass how she would seduce women how she would seduce married women detailed descriptions of lesbian sex and it was like lesbian porn the old-fashioned lesbian porn yes that's kind of like what she's known for and what these diaries evoke no fucking way in 2011 lister's diaries were added to the register of unesco memory of the world program that's so cool so the register citation notes that while a valuable account of the times it was the comprehensive and painfully honest account of lesbian life and reflections of her nature, however which have made these diaries unique. They have shaped and continue to shape the direction of UK gender studies Damn. and women's history. This is what they study. So like you studied gender studies in America, you probably didn't learn about her, but in the UK, they're definitely learning about her. So she died in September 1840 of fever. She caught during her travels. She left everything to Anne Walker, who, tell me this isn't eerie, dude. She was declared insane and sent away to the same asylum that Eliza Rains went to. (gasps) Because she was declared insane by that same hospital, she wasn't allowed to lay claim to any of what Anne had left her. And so the ownership of Shibden Hall is still fucking debated today. Really? Yep. People say that Ann Walker's family owns it. People say that Lister's family owns it. There's this huge debate. People say that the state owns it, whatever. Nobody really knows who owns it. Damn. How come both of her partners went off the rails? Because that good pussy. Or is it something she fucking gave them to make them insane? She had it planned out. Dude, I think they were just heartbroken inside. And I think that people of that era, like, didn't know how to process grief. Do you think? 200 years ago, if I went through this breakup that I'm going through now, like, people yeah. would think I'm Well, like, and all it takes is one person to go, oh, they're a little suspicious. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Damn, though. Isn't that, that crazy? Ann Lister. Have you ever heard of her? No. Wait, also, though, so an Ann was dating an Ann? Yes. Ann Lister and Ann Walker. One has an E at the end, one doesn't. But I thought that was kind of funny, too. I could never do that. You could. If you met an Abby that was your soulmate, I bet you'd be okay with it. They would literally have to be the perfect human being for me to be okay Or with what it. if they were Abigail and you're just Abby? Oh, no. Oh, no. Sorry, all the Abbies and Abigails. You are off the books. You don't get a second callback. You do not get an interview. You do not pass go. You do not collect $200. <laughs> oh, I miss Monopoly. I miss recording. This is fun. Yeah, it was very fun. I loved learning about your girl. She was wonderful. And her lovers. It's that funny. Was awesome. If you Google Ann Lister, what it says her occupation is, is a landowner. Really? On Wikipedia. Like, that's what she is. And it's like, dude, no. Like, she was literally a diarist. She was 
the first modern lesbian. She was an insane, amazing hiker. Yeah. She was all these things that she's not given credit for, yeah. which is what was kind of frustrating it's, to me. It's Owning all... land is just like inherently theft because like it's the land, right? But you're paying taxes on something. But it's a rabbit hole on its own. We won't get into that whole thing. But there's a show. About her? I think on maybe HBO or something about her, and it's called Gentleman Jack. Really? Yep. It's a BBC HBO historical TV Ooh. drama series. So you know it's good, because it's BBC and HBO. But also, I'm mad that they named it Gentleman Jack. I know it's catchy and it's going to get people to watch, but she hated that fucking name. Well, okay, that was speculation. I don't know if she hated it. Oh, that it. was? She might have embraced maybe she was it? T- yeah, taking it and making it a powerful loop. Maybe she wanted to be trans, but think about that literally wasn't a fucking option back then. Yeah, that they could just do whatever the fuck they want because it shouldn't matter to anybody. Right. right. Yeah, everyone was so trapped in what society expected. You are a boy or a girl and you're nothing between and you're nothing other and that is what it is and you have no choice. Right. What if she was one of the first people who would experience that feeling of like, maybe I'm not a woman, maybe I am actually a man, but that must make me crazy, God. right? Because that's not a thing right now. I I'm hate like, that our civilization did that to people. They should just be able to do whatever the fuck yeah, they want. Yeah, her family was clearly not about it. Like, her aunt and uncle were chill, obviously, but her dad and sister were not into it. Oh, definitely not. But we need to stop before we just turn this into a 17-hour episode. And, okay, cheers us out. Alright. Ooh, that was such a cute one. See our corresponding Instagram posts for any additional resources or feel free to reach out to our direct email at untoldhistory, spelled H-I-G-H-S-T-O-R-Y, at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Like, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram.